Second, Clancy. <laughs> I love that. A mile long runway can take you around the world. <laughs> that's, <coughs> that's pretty good. Say when. I think we're ready. Okay. It's uh, the Aviation Advisory Board meeting for Wednesday, August 2nd from Lawrence, Kansas. I'm Clancy Maloney and I'm the chairman of this board and I would like to welcome um, our two new board members this time and I'd like for everybody here who is present and for Tiffany who is here on Zoom to go ahead and give us a short biography of themselves. But let me start with our absentee person, David Haub from KU, he uh, is the executive director of the Jayhawk Community Partners with KU and oversees campus sponsorship activities and opportunities and works with groups like KU Athletics and um, and is uh, required to be on, uh, he among other people, are. he's a, a KU representative on this board. So he lives uh, in Leewood with his wife, Andrea, and two kids, Nora and Leo, and he is on travel right now, will not be able to attend this meeting. So, um, Tiffany? I could do the housekeeping items. Oh, do you want to do that first? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Um, Scott wants to do the housekeeping items first, so let me retrench. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I'm Scott Wagner. I'm the Lawrence Airport Manager, and welcome to the August 2nd meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. And I just have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. City staff and aviation board members will be in person at City Hall. Virtual participation is allowed for any participant, including staff and the public. Live public comment can be made in person or at City Hall or virtually using the Zoom link. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. If you're on on Zoom, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to me. When the chair calls for in-person public comment, individuals should indicate if they wish to speak and staff will direct you to the podium. Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate that they wish to speak. Please state your name before speaking and comments will be limited to three minutes. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn it back over to okay. our board chair, Clancy Maloney. In any case, David will uh, be rejoining us at the next meeting in November. And Tiffany, if you're zoomed in, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, hi, I'm Tiffany Hall. I'm the Vice President of Membership at the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. I also work for the EDC, Economic Development Corporation, as we work together for one community. And I'm happy to serve on your board. Okay, Jim, you wanna go next? Sure, uh, Jim Laster. Um, third year on the board, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I work in a role for Garmin Aviation as a sales manager for the Midwest. I've uh, been flying since 1998, so it's been a, lot of, a, long, a long run. Chris? Chris Coleman? Yeah. I'm Chris Coleman. Uh, I'm market president for RCB Bank here in Lawrence. Uh, I think this may be my third year on the advisory uh, I think, I think so. board. Uh, kind of lose track of time. Um, and. Uh, Got involved in the uh, Chamber of Commerce and uh, some of the economic development activities around the community. Okay, and our new person? Yeah. One of our new people, <laughs> Gary Gooch. Hey, good afternoon. 
everybody. My name is Kerry Gooch. Um, born and raised in Wichita, Kansas. Moved up to Lawrence a few years ago. I started flying at a really young age. My grandfather was a pilot. My dad was a pilot. Kind of grew up in an aviation family and still get a chance to fly today. I do now do government relations work. Actually, most, spend most of my time in Topeka, Kansas, but excited to be here. Excited to be on board. And Greg Gardner is next. Our second new board member. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, gosh, I've been flying for 50-something years. My dad was a fighter pilot, I was a fighter pilot, and on to uh, teaching F-4s, F-16s, commander uh, B-1 bomb wing, served as the adjutant general in Kansas. Um, lots of experience with aviation. Okay, and I guess I'm last, and my name's Clancy Maloney. I went to school here at KU, and aviation was my second career, and I spent 25 years in aviation professionally uh, doing forest service recon work and instructing and flying aerial survey and everything else and was the single pilot in command in a 135 operation in Colorado Springs for a number of years. So that's our uh, board. And I would like to now, first, the first thing I'd like to do is go ahead and uh, receive the minutes from the May 17th meeting. Does anybody have any corrections? Okay, without objection, the meeting, the minutes are approved. And then what I have a motion in. Okay, do I have to? Have, okay. Yeah. Scott's keeping me on the straight level. I need a motion to accept the meeting, the minutes. See, this is Chris Coleman. I uh, move we accept the minutes. Okay. Do I have a second? I second. Jim. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Unanimous. Okay, the minutes are accepted. Um, I would like to do um, something that's a little unusual tonight. There is uh, a proposal through the City of Lawrence to consolidate a number of boards that they have. And today's AAB meeting is the first opportunity for the AAB as a whole to evaluate the proposal that the city is putting forward. So what I would like to do, uh, and they want to combine the Aviation Advisory Board with the Public Transit Advisory Committee and the Multimodal Transportation Commission. And because of some, I know some public interest shown in this, I would like to move this to the top of the agenda so that we can have some board discussion and public discussion on it and then proceed with any other public um, comment and, and the rest of the agenda. So I will need a motion from somebody on the board to do that, please. Greg Gardner, so moved. Okay, second. Chris Coleman, I'll second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Tiffany? Aye. Okay, it's unanimous. All right, um, now I would like to go to the slides that I have prepared, there we are. I just wanna give an overview of the value of not only the airport, but of the, the aviation board, advisory board to the city of Lawrence. So we can go to the second slide, please. Okay, I wanna address the immediate concerns I want to show the value of the board to the city and provide an opportunity for everybody here to make a comment and then I want to see if we can find a way to make a recommendation to the city to keep the aviation board as a separate advisory board. Okay. 
the city appointed this, um, I think it's a committee, the, the commission. boards and commissions structure commission to realign and restructure advisory bodies within the, so that it better meshes with the city's um, strategic plans. And at their July 12th meeting, they recommended this combination of us. I think just because we're transportation methodology, but I can't figure out any other um, uh, commonality with it. Okay, next. Um, and if anybody knows what it is, I'll, I'll certainly let you address that. The, as everybody here probably knows, so I'm probably preaching to the choir, airport concerns are, are complex, require an AAB membership with a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, including aviation, economic, and that would be Chris, Jim, and anybody else. There are four pilots on the board, community events, that's Chris and Tiffany, and legislative experience, thank goodness we have Carrie here now, and, and um, just overall general experience with, with, with uh, this kind of board work with Greg, he's done it all. So if the AAB is reduced to one member as proposed by the, the BCSC, we would virtually have no influence in all of the expertise that the AAB brings to this uh, community would be lost. And I have to say that even though the airport involves a lot of money that the city puts out, it returns it even more through the economic impact. And that's what I'm going to talk about next. Um, the 2017 Kansas Aviation Economic Impact Study, which used 2016 data, says that airports overall contributed over 34,000 jobs with a $1.8 billion payroll and a $9 billion economic impact in Kansas. Given the time since that study was done and the um, demographics in the state, this, and I, I can show you the details, the impact for Lawrence should be around $30 million. We have about 3% of the state's non-Wichita aviation um, population. So if in 2016, which Lloyd probably remembers the study being done, Lloyd Hetrick does, there were 97 people directly involved with jobs at the Lawrence Airport with approximately a $4 million payroll and $13.3 million, according to this study, in economic impact. If we extrapolate using between a 10 and 20% inflation rate, and heaven knows we've had them bigger than that this last year. We have in Lawrence right now, with the addition of Eurotech Vertical Flight Solutions and their 20 plus employees, 120 jobs, about six million in payroll, and between 17 and a half and 20 million dollars in economic impact in Lawrence, Kansas, from aviation alone. This ain't bike paths. Okay, next. Ooh, come on. There we go. Okay, the seven people on this board have about 150 years of relevant experience. We donate between 1,000 and 1,200 hours annually of expertise for free. Now, I know that there's, a, there's some discussion that could be had 
about the hourly rate that I'm talking about for these people, but I'm talking about burden salaries. And for the kind of experience that we have on this board, you, the city could, if they had to contract out consulting services, would be in, in hock for about a quarter of a million dollars. So in addition, and to substantiate this, in addition, regular board members do committee work and attend meetings. We go to state and regional aviation conferences, usually two or three of us at a time, once or twice a year. We plan and execute events at the airport, including the Kansas Air Tour. I know Richard Haig does the aviation camp. The Air Race Classic was here last year with 40 airplanes that came through. We had United Way with charity fundraisers. And I think the Comanche flying is still this month at the airport, even though we're all kind of beat up out there. Board members evaluate, prioritize, monitor, oversee, organize, and advise on all of this stuff. Airport maintenance, repair, runway upgrades, taxi lanes. We monitor compliance with state and federal stuff. We oversee airport services and business activity and, and frankly populate the numerous, the people that are needed to carry off these events in this, in the, um, in the, uh, at the airport. And finally, we advise on strategic planning. You're gonna see more than that, more of that later in, in the agenda about what's coming up for the master plan. Next, please. So what I have to say about this is the exceptional level of not only direct involvement and informed expertise that this board brings to the city is required to bring the best possible guidance on the upcoming new master plan. The airport is having its centenary in 2029. We need to get organized for that. Since we did the last master plan, only two or three major projects have been accomplished. We need to get going faster on what needs to be done. Some 2012 master plan projects are gonna carry over. A number of new ones will be added and you'll be seeing that later in the report. Okay, here we are. We need the vision. Aviation is different from other modes of transportation and needs different advisory um, input. And I would like a vote from this board, somebody needs to make a motion, that we present this to the city. I think there is a meeting at which BCSC is gonna present their recommendations next month. Scott, do you know the date? A, okay. a date has not been set okay. as far as I've been told by the city clerk's office yet. Okay, and the AAB currently operates as a separate board per city or ordinance, and I attribute this quote that we have, I've put at the end of this to Greg Gardner who, who found it for us. A mile long street can take you one mile and a mile long runway can take you anywhere. And we need to make sure that Lawrence can do that. Okay. Now, I'd like to open it up for comments from the board and then the public. So, ladies and gentlemen, Tiffany, do you want to start? Tiffany? Sorry, I'm working on technology on my end over here. Do you want to start the comment on what I said, or do you want me to go to somebody else? Um, I'd be interested to hear what somebody else has to say. Jim, you want to go first? What was the genesis of having them combined? Do you know, Scott? 
Roughly, yes. Uh, the city attempted to do this four or five years ago. We went through a similar process of consolidating boards and commissions. And right now, as was the case uh, four, five, six years ago, the city has over 30 plus advisory boards and commissions. Uh, and at the time, both at the city manager's level and I think at the commission level that they thought there was possibly some overlap. Uh, uh, the idea was to consolidate maybe a couple of boards and, and shrink uh, the number of boards and commissions outstanding. Uh, so we went through a similar process then. Um, there was a, a little bit of reduction in the number of um, boards and commissions that the, the city had at that time. Um, but not much. Um, and here we are today in 2023, and the city still has over 30 plus boards and commissions. So the, the thinking from, I think, uh, city managers, staff, um, as well as from the governing body level is to try and align the boards and commissions with the adopted strategic plan, uh, consolidate some of their functions in um, really try to, to hone in on what are the, the keyboards that are needed to advise the governing body. As you, you recall, most of our boards are advisory in nature. A few are statutory in nature, like our planning commission and the Board of Zoning Appeals uh, are needed and required per, per uh, statute. Um, but as you mentioned, Clancy, um, a lot of our boards are codified in the, our city code, like the Aviation Advisory Board. Um, so certainly this, this task force will make their recommendations, but there will need to be some code changes if you know the number of boards are reduced down to what they are uh, talking about, Jim. Okay. okay. I, I, that sounds like a penny wise and a dollar dumb in some aspects. I know aviation is a wildly diverse thing to most people. They don't really, I bet you, vast majority of people in the city don't even know we have an airport. So I would, uh, I would like to see that we have a diverse board, especially I think we have a very unique board right now that would be able to provide kind of a pivotal time where you have a lot of action going out there. It'd be a, kind of an interesting time to cut the legs out of the people that are paying attention. So and, and at your own cost, I'm sure you'd, you'd like some help on this and not be running at this alone, so. Okay. <laughs> I, so I do have a question then. What what changes if our board would go under, say, economic development, for example? Has that been discussed? We wouldn't have a board. We just have one seat, right? Well, if it went under the, um, it's called Connected City, that the city is proposing, we would have one board member. Right. But what if, in fact, we were, I mean... It, I'm on record as not wanting to be consolidated. I 100% agree with everything Clancy said before. And additionally, from an economic development perspective, I think we're just beginning to see what our airport is capable of and what the opportunities are there. And I think the expertise that lies within this advisory board <coughs> is unparalleled. Uh, especially where we don't have a full-time airport manager. Um, I think that what we bring to the table as advisors, each and every one of us, is unique. And 
I think that we should be held out of that um, consolidation. But if we must, I want to know what it could look like under an economic development umbrella only as a last resort. Okay, if uh, let me address it briefly and then I'd like Scott to, to tackle this question. As nearly as I can tell from the descriptions in the boards and commissions structure commission work, there is not a committee that directly goes toward economic development. And Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong about that. And I'm not sure how we would become involved from either a board perspective or a single person perspective on any of the city economic development or the county, the Douglas County economic development situation and how those boards are structured. That would have to be researched. So Scott, you may have more data on that than I, than I do. Well, I wish I did, but I don't. Uh, you know, I think as the city goes through this process, and indeed if some of these uh, consolidations happen, each of these newly restructured boards are gonna have to um, learn how to operate with their broader tasks that they've been uh, assigned with. I, you know, in my past duties, I was involved with the Human Relations Commission of Lawrence, and that's a, a very specialized uh, advisory board of the city that deals with a very narrow range of issues. And, you know, just like the Aviation Board, if that board gets lumped into a, a broader um, group, um, you know, th those newly revamped boards are going to have to uh, learn how to operate and, and function within that new role. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that anybody has an answer right now to those okay. kind of questions. Well, I see strong economic development aspects of the Aviation Board. So that said, um, Clancy? Tiffany, do you have anything else? Oh, yeah, I do. Well, I, I was just going to go. Or are you going to go? I can add to Scott's. Um, this is Angela. So I have the document in front of me so I can add a little bit um, to prosperity and economic security is, um, you know, probably the closest related to looking just at economic development. So right now that committee is transient guest tax grant program and then public incentives review committee. So so those are committees that probably meet more infrequent. Um, and so I, I don't know what that would look like, but it, that is the other um, committee that, or board that the aviation board was looking at to be consolidated to wish, but Connected City was obviously selected at the meeting. Um, so that, that definitely would have more of an economic development bent. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add is that for those that didn't see the whole slide of, of options while the majority of the boards are being recommended for consolidation there are a few that are being held standalone for example the parks and rec advisory board the lawrence cultural arts commission and the sustainability advisory board uh, so i just wanted to give that context that while the, the majority of boards such as the aviation board are being recommended for consolidation that's not the case with every board um, that is up for discussion Okay, I, I did realize that there were uh, several boards that would not be consolidated. Um, as, as much as I, I appreciate what you said, I still don't see the commonality even with the, the other board, that other potential one. So um, I'd like to continue around with the comments from the, our board right now. Um, Harry? Yeah, happy oh, Chris, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I agree with all the points that uh, you made in your presentation, and I, I really hope that the city um, commissioners will give that a lot of consideration. The airport is very unique. We have specific rules from the FAA that we have to follow. Uh, projects are pretty large in scale and lots of dollars that, that are coming, that comes mainly from the federal government. Uh, the general public doesn't realize that 90% of the money comes from the FAA uh, and most of that comes from uh, uh, the tax on aviation fuel. And so that, that money comes back to airports. So combining this board or li limiting to one person representing the airport just doesn't really make any sense. So that would be my point. Okay. Gary? Yeah. yeah, I maybe have a question, and Scott, this might be a question for you. Do you know how other cities kind of similar in size to Lawrence, if they have airport advisory boards or kind of what, the, what it looks like in other cities on how they do it? Yeah, thanks, Kerry. Um, you know, certainly at our um, KAA conference in Atchison, we met some other board members from uh, smaller communities <clears throat> that had advisory bodies, just like, you know, we do here in Lawrence. I would say the larger airports in the state have airport authorities, uh, such as Salina and, and Wichita, uh, the Johnson County uh, system, which are statutory bodies that do have more authority to make decisions at the airport and are structured under state statute. Um, and have some mill levy authority as well. Yeah, but probably somewhat fair to say a lot of the cities and counties bigger than Lawrence aren't kind of going towards this shrinking their aviation advisory boards or authority communities, you know, footprint. I haven't. That I, I don't know about. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. I guess my other question, again, sorry, Scott, maybe a little bit for you. Um, did anybody from this boarding commission consolidation group, did they meet with anybody from the advisory committee before they made this recommendation? No. As far as I know, unless somebody wants to no. contradict me, the answer is no. I was not contacted. And as far as I know, nobody else was. And so the last question is, is there still time for us to meet with them before they make this recommendation and kind of have this conversation with them? Or we One of the things that? that we may want to do at the end of this discussion is suggest and that this be presented at the September meeting where it where the BCSC materials are presented to the city commission and I am willing to go forth and do that with everybody else's support on that um, if that that is the way we want to go with it um, because I think we do need to to have some more input on this at the city commission level. So, okay, Greg? May I, have, may I, sh may I share something else? Go ahead. In response to Carrie's question, as far as are other airports doing something similar within cities, I think what we're seeing in Topeka and Olathe and other regional airports is just the opposite. Right. I think we're seeing more partnership from their city governments and we are seeing growth and opportunities in our neighbors, which also makes me say this is the time not for us to be thinking small, but to be thinking courageously in the opportunities in our airport and more opportunity rather than less. I just want to make one comment before Greg 
tells us what he thinks, and that is at the um, priorities and master planning meeting that we had in mid-July where Tiffany and Greg were both in attendance. One of the issues we did discuss is recommending, and I'm not sure how it fits into a master plan, the long-term development potential of an airport authority. And I don't know where that goes at this point, and it's just basically a talking point at this stage. So I agree with Tiffany that we need to make sure that that we're keeping up with the Joneses, as it were. Okay, Greg, finally. Uh, just, uh, I did a lot of research on this and uh, watched the two and a half hour meeting, the last meeting of the board and commissions on structure, structure committee. And um, they were tasked to align what they were looking at with the outcomes in the strategic plan. And there were zero connected city outcomes related to aviation and the airport in the strategic plan. Um, as you said, there are zero commonalities between the, the T and the Multimodal Transportation Commission, which is really bikes, walking paths, and street calming devices. <clears throat> so uh, in, the, in that two and a half hour meeting, they spent an, a minute and a half lumping us into the uh, connected cities thing. Uh, I, I just didn't get it at all. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to write a letter uh, to the um, the city manager and the, the board. Maybe they'll change before September. Uh, don't know. Uh, it would be a lot smarter to change. Um, and it would save uh, Clancy from having to go present there, too. So totally uh, disagree with lumping this board into anything else. There is way too much that relates to the airport with the FAA, with the state airport authority that's under uh, KDOT, and it's just a bad idea. Okay. If there, is there any more board comment? Okay, I guess we're ready for... Have um, some online comment, Clancy, or you can take in-person comment. Looks like uh, Ron Rands has his hand raised. Oh, okay, I didn't. See Go ahead, that. Um, Ron. Ron. Uh, good morning for all you guys here. It's six o'clock in the morning where I am, but anyways, <laughs> um, I, I agree with everything the board member said, and I, I have been to airports all over the world, um, and. Almost every airport that I go to, other than the very, very small airports and small city airports, have uh, either an aviation advisory board or an aviation authority. Uh, Lawrence is getting to the size where an aviation advisory board may not be what we want. What we may want is an, is, is an aviation authority. Um, we're dealing with millions of dollars worth of development. We're dealing with millions of dollars worth of revenue. We're dealing with the front door to the city. For our city, the size of the city that we are, to go for a consolidated non-aviation specific board would be a huge mistake. That would be putting us back in the size of a city like Vinland Valley Airport. Lawrence is not a small city. Lawrence is a progressive city, even though a lot of things that go on in Lawrence make it unprogressive. This is 
this would be a step to make Lawrence an unprogressive city just like they do for many other things in this city. That would be a huge mistake. And I think our airport would, would shrink. I think uh, the de economic development that the airport can, can bring to the city would begin to be reduced and it would be just a huge mistake economically as well as uh, other aspects to the city. Thanks, Ron. Anybody else on uh, line? Okay. Now may I open it to people who are in attendance? Who wants to go first? Sherry Thompson. Sherry is a former AAB board member. Good evening. Good morning, Ron. <laughs> Um, good evening. My name is Sherry Thompson. My husband, Mike, and I have lived in Lawrence for 23 years. Uh, I've previously served on the board from uh, 2012 to 2018. I, I'm for two terms. I'm a nurse and I'm also a um, private pilot. You've heard the rationale from people and as Clancy said, I feel like I'm singing to the choir here, but hopefully the people out on Zoom are um, taking note of this as well. Uh, I would like to share with you just a personal experience that happened when I was on the board, a specific situation. And it's just one situation that happened when I was on the board. And, and the aviation board handled this so effectively and so efficiently with their combined broad knowledge of aviation. So a parachute jumping company was coming into town with a less than stellar safety reputation and was looking to relocate in Lawrence. His plan was to run a jump school, letting the jumpers off as close to the taxiway and runways in the green areas as possible so that the jumpers would gather up their stuff and traipse back to the FBO, walking across runways and taxiways. Um, this would avoid his need to send a pickup or something out to a field to pick up the jumpers. The taxiways and the, and the runways are for airplanes, not for walkers. This is a huge jumper for, this is a huge issue for the jumpers and the pilots. The Lawrence Airport also has a very active flight school, so there are students in the air most of the, most of the day. It's pretty hard how to practice on how not to hit a parachuter. But the other piece of this is we are extremely fortunate to have LifeStar based in Lawrence. This is our rescue medical helicopter. LifeStar had stated that it would not take off if the plane and the jumpers were in the air. Again, a huge safety issue. Now not only affecting incursions at the airport, but the life of people in our community who are experiencing a 911 emergency. So a normal, air, a normal um, parachute jump starts out at about 10,000 feet. It can go higher, so the plane takes off, gets to 10,000 feet, lets the jumper out. They free fall for about 45 seconds, and then they pull their ripcord in at 5,000 feet and slowly drift down and enjoy the view and land on the taxiway or runway or wherever they're landing. This process takes about six minutes. If your loved one is laying on I-70 after a terrible car accident and not breathing, permanent brain damage occurs at about four minutes. And about four to six minutes, death can occur. 
if the helicopter can take off, the helicopter would get to I-70. The helicopter can get, after it rolls out of the hangar, can get from the airport to LMH in about one minute. If the helicopter can take off, they can get from LMH to KU Med in about 15 minutes. If the helicopter can't take off, it can't get anywhere. The airport advisory board addressed this life-threatening situation. We worked diligently and proactively at developing strict guidelines, not only for this operation, but for others that may happen in the future. We sat in those chairs here and held a public forum. We addressed questions and heard comments from the community. And I give Richard Haig a lot of credit for spearheading this to ensure the safety of this community. The potential jumping operation did not meet our required guidelines. I agree, the airport is a different category than other modes of transportation. We not only have ground-based issues, like runways and taxiway incursions, but we also monitor mid-air vertical issues. We look at cell towers, obstructions, we look at uh, wind turbines, lighting of the towers, and NOTAMs that are associated with these. We deal with the FAA. We know their lingo and their three million rules. Is it a part 61? Is it a part 91? A safe and efficient airport takes a village. I implore the city of Lawrence to allow the Aviation Advisory Board to remain intact and to be your village. You can't afford not to. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sherry. Anybody else? Doug Tillman. Good evening. <clears throat> I'm Doug Tillman. Um, I learned to fly at Lawrence Airport in 1978, and I've been flying out of Lawrence Airport ever since then. I owned a hangar at Lawrence Airport from 1990 to 2018. And I've been renting a tea hanger since then. I've I had a plane based at Lawrence Airport since 1990. I've owned a plane based at, at Lawrence Airport since 1990. Um, let me just start by saying this proposal makes me really sad and angry and kind of dismayed about the future of the airport because um, it needs to go the opposite direction. It, it, this is exactly the opposite of what we need to do. Lawrence needs uh, continued development and maintain and maintenance. I mean, Lawrence Airport needs, we need to continue development and maintenance in order to reach the, the airport's potential for revenue generation for the local economy, safety and support of, of aviation, um, to meet the needs of uh, locally based aircraft owners and pilots, and as well as those just flying through from coast to coast. This airport connects Lawrence with the nation and with the world. Um, and, and people don't really understand that. that this is not um, a grass strip, you know, with one or two hangers. Like, you know, if we were Wamigo, this might make sense. This is Lawrence we're talking about. It's a growing, thriving, vibrant city, and it needs to govern its airport accordingly. The city should be focused more on the revenue the airport can generate rather than what it costs to operate it. Um, and, and too much of the time is spent looking at the budget proposal rather than how can we make the airport more productive and, and have it bring in more revenue for the city and the region. We need a full-sized and fully staffed airport board in order to guide those efforts. 
uh, a part-time airport manager and one person on a transportation board can't possibly meet those needs. Sorry. Um, we need more input from the community and the region, not less. It's now a regional airport. I mean, that, that's been recognized by the renaming and uh, it needs regional input and not just input from the city. Um, not just from Lawrence residents. There are a lot. I, don't, I live 10 miles outside of Lawrence city limits, so I can't be on this board. I can't have any official input in, tor in, in terms of the airport's operation. And that's a little frustrating. We, there are lots of people involved in this airport that don't live within the city limits. So um, I think we need to gather more input from the region. Um, the airport needs to get more involved in the committee, uh, in the community rather, uh, through more educational programs, recreational events, open houses, fly-ins, other social activities, all these things that you mentioned. Um, and all of these things take a lot of time and effort and some money to to uh, bring off. And, uh, you know, who's going to do that? Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to wrap up by um, summarizing uh, some of the key factors found by a friend of mine who just wrote his uh, PhD dissertation on airport management. His study was uh, designed to identify the factors that make airports successful, both economically and in terms of their social involvement and, and, and uh, community involvement. Um, his name is Mike Jones. He writes articles for Cessna Pilots Magazine. Um, he flies a Cessna 210. He's based in North Carolina, South Carolina maybe. The key results of his study found the arrangement that's least likely to lead an airport to success is ownership by a city or county, governance by a city or county commission, management by a part-time public employee who is not an aviation professional, and a single FBO with no competition. Ring a bell. The arrangement most likely to make an airport the most successful is an independent governance by an airport authority or airport board made up of aviation professionals, aircraft owners, pilots, local business people, and interested community members, multiple FBOs or other businesses based at the airport, management by a full-time airport manager reporting to the airport authority. That's the most likely to succeed. And I can uh, uh, obtain a, a, a summary of his dissertation if anybody really wants to read that. Um, one more thing I'd like to say. I, we were, um, some of us were just up at Hastings, Nebraska or, or in June for the Air Race Classic. We were volunteering to do timing there. Hastings, you should, you should go visit that airport if you want to see an example of one that's just buzzing. Recently, the airport board gained independence, some independence, from the city commission in the operation of the airport. They've got an FBO now that's just got so much going on. They have an antique aircraft museum. They have fly-ins every month. Every month there's a fly-in. Um, and it, that place is just hopping. And that's the way our airport could be with a little bit of a change in the management structure and um, some incentive 
and released from some of the restrictions that we have, I think. More involvement in the community. Um, that's the main thing, is just to get the, the community more involved. I, you know, everybody I talk to, almost everybody I talk to about Lawrence Airport says, where is it? They don't even know where it is. That's something we need to work on. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Anybody else? Okay. Oh, Richard. It's my Richard my, Haig. <laughs> Richard Haig, former uh, board member. I'm my one. I guess I'm shocked that nobody from the advisory, the airport advisory board, was in on the discussion. I'd be interested to see if anyone that was at the task force meeting really understood what the airport uh, board did and all the things that they do. And for them to, to not be included in the discussion while they're trying to determine the fate of the board is, is kind of shocking to me. But I think if people on the task force <clears throat> would come out, look at the past history of the board, look at what the board has done for the airport, for the city, that they would understand why this board is, is by itself. The one legal side of it is, when the city adopted the airport, they did it through a land transaction with the University of Kansas. When they did that land transaction, the University of Kansas is guaranteed a spot on the advisory board. As long as we're on the airport, there's supposed to be a spot there. If there's no advisory board, there's no spot. So somebody's gonna have to, to work with KU. KU still has a hangar, they have a research facility at the airport, and they're very much involved with our activities. So. The, uh, this really needs to look at it in, a, in a completely different light than there would be just combining a bunch of people together. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any more comment? Okay, um, board members, I need some kind of direction about where you'd like for me to go with this. Do you want me to uh, go to the meeting in September and present these slides? Do you want to write letters? What do you want to do? Yes. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Uh, well, I guess I still have the question on, is there anything we can do before the meeting in September? I think Richard sort of... has made an excellent suggestion about what we can do before the meeting. Richard, quickly. Richard Haig again. I think my suggestion would be that the board construct a letter to the commission, to the city commission, and address it to the task force as well, and tell them the importance of this board, what it does, and that the consideration, it needs to be reconsidered even before that task force meets again. Put it in front of the commissioners so the commissioners are understanding what's at stake. And one of the, one of the directions that really wasn't attacked or addressed very much is the fact that this advisory board has a history of bringing in grant money and and showing off the airport to get things fixed up, get things going. We've met directly when the city didn't have staff with people from the state level, people from the federal level, to try and get the west ramp finished up, different things like that. So this, this board, even though it doesn't cost the city anything, has brought in an incredible amount of money and saved the city a lot of, of infrastructure dollars. So okay, thanks. I think a letter to the city from the board would be Okay, I need great. some guidance from you, Scott, about about how that would work if if we write a letter to the board do we need to have another meeting so that everybody can see that letter and and approve it or can we just how do we do that yeah that's a good question clancy you know um you have a pretty detailed slide presentation that um 
you made tonight and that was posted as part of the agenda. Uh, I think if appropriate, the board could direct uh, the chair to draft a letter as uh, Richard suggested based upon your slide presentation uh, to present to the uh, Boards and Commission Task Force and or the okay. City Commission is, is it, based upon this okay. information. Is it permissible for me to draft the letter and then pass it around? to the board before we send it off, or do we have to have another meeting? Um, no, um, y y we would need to have us, uh, another public meeting to um, I have a draft to letter. see that document. Yeah, I know you do. But you could authorize, uh, um, I think the board can authorize Clancy to draft a letter based upon, uh, like I said, the, the information that's already presented tonight. Okay. That's what we, we, we've done that in the past where okay. they can authorize you, they can make a motion that you draft a letter with the basis of the information okay. that was accumulated tonight okay. for as, as a former board chairman, I respect Richard's direction. <laughs> so we've had to go that, that way before. Okay. And those are letters to the city commission. In that case... I believe that is how we ought to proceed, and I know Greg has a letter drafted, but I will need to draft one also. So I will need a motion from the board, a second, and a vote for me to. Board Member Hall, I motion. I'm the first motion. Okay. I'd second. Jim seconds. All in favor? Uh, aye. Okay. Aye. Tiffany? I'm aye. Here. Okay, it carries. Go get him, Clancy. <laughs> you guys are going to have to show up too. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Now let's get back to regular order. Let me find my agenda here. I believe the next item on the list. Uh, Cla is Clancy, Clancy, this is Ron Renz. Yes. Um, uh, I had my hand up, but you guys missed it. I, I, oh, I like everything that's happening. I suggest that that Scott, if you can let the board and 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 participants in the board member know when this next uh, task force meeting is, so that we can show up on mass. Yes. Uh, that's probably going to be the best way to to present our case i think I, I like the idea of writing a letter i think doug tillman ought to send send this the study that he had with some kind of a cover letter uh, on that to that task force and all of the individual city commission members as well because they're going to make the ultimate decision but i think if we if we can be informed when that task force meets so that we can be there that's going to be the most effective way to get our point across I agree with you, Ron. Okay, Scott, can you do that? Yeah, I'd be happy to uh, let the advisory board as well as the um, is, hangers is, and uh, tenant owners know when this issue will be before the city is that commission. A, it's a city commission meeting, right? And that should show up on the city website for anybody else who wants to uh, attend. Okay. It will, and per Ron's suggestion, I'll be happy to uh, let the airport community know when this item will be before the governing body. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Okay, uh, there being no more comments about this particular item, the next item on the agenda is public comment and uh, on other items. And I believe we have at least one person who wants to talk. Richard. Okay, Richard Haig. Okay, this, this one's actually a challenging one. Um, Tiffany, it's in your neck of the woods. 
We've got a lot of tension at the Lawrence Airport right now and a lot of feelings getting hurt, a lot of things getting moved around, and it just needs to be addressed and brought to the surface. The commission needs to be involved with this. The, uh, the city, um, first of all, Eurotech's been leasing, or taking over the community hangar and using it for quite a while. Hetrick has the long-term lease, 30-year lease on that property. The city gave Hetrick a notice of 100 days that they're gonna not lease, the, the hangar's no longer gonna be part of their lease. It's a 30-year lease. They were not in, involved with any um, talks, mitigations for releasing part of their, their uh, uh, buildings that they lease at the airport. They have the community hangar, the maintenance hangar, a big portion of the terminal, the offices, and the brand new ground under the hangar that they, they constructed. So they received a, a notice that they're no longer going to have that, even though that's a big portion of their revenue because Eurotech's been, been using it. They uh, do not, according to their, their contract, they see that that is not an option for the city to just rewrite the contract midstream like that, we, whether 180 days or 360 days. It's a renewable contract for 30 years. In response to the city giving them that letter, the city has given an eviction notice to Eurotech to tell them to vacate the community hangar, to reuse it for storage of aircraft. Then in response to that, the city went to Dream Aviation. Dream Aviation has given the city a site plan to be approved by the FAA and they are ready to break ground now. They're ready to, to move forward, they're ready to go, they've got contractors in place. To the last knowledge of Chen, the city has never forwarded that to the FAA. The response from the city has been that they're not going to send that to the FAA because as the current or the board members that have been here for a while and have seen that 80,000 square foot project that's been approved by this board has been put on hold by the city. Let me stop you there. This board has never approved that. That the 180,000 no, that we went through? No, we never through? did. We referred it. Okay. We anyway, so the site plan was approved by somebody. But anyway, moving forward, that plan was never produced and never given to the FAA. Chen is now being told that that ground, the, the uh, all the, um, what do I call the, uh, the layout of the, of the ground, um, all the changes that have been made are now being deferred as Eurotech is making a proposal to take over that property instead. Two and a half years into the project, and this is what's going on. So there's basically a match back and forth. According to Hetrick, they're out of storage space. They can't break ground on a new hangar to bring in the jets and, and things that they want to. And so they want the space that Eurotech's taking, especially the back door. The, they found out that the city is selling the Eurotech hangar via a uh, appraiser coming out and appraising the hangar. According to this is the, this part would be secondhand information. There's already a contract on the hangar to sell it to Eurotech. That hangar, there's no public document that I've found an, announcing that the city is selling property. There is due process for the city to liquidate property, and I've not seen anything out there yet. So I think this is something the commission needs to be aware of, and especially the economic impact this has when the city, when two people are, with the, are butting heads. I think just a mediator could have gone in and worked with both halves and gotten things moving, get things in the, excuse me, in the right direction, but because of how they, they've progressed, it's gotten pretty bad. It's bad enough that there is now a 
eviction hearing on August 15th, and then there's a meeting following that on August 17th with the city manager. I'd reached out, but the city manager's on vacation, so I cannot give you his response for what's going on. So I think this type of thing is big enough that the city commission needs to understand what's going on and maybe this can be brought up above board and let the public understand and let the public have input because if a hangar's going for sale, it should be up for bid, not for a deal back made in a back room somewhere. Okay, thank you, Richard. Um, Scott, would you like to address some of the... <coughs> I've got a little bit of that in my in airport report? manager's report. Okay. Yep. And I do know that uh, that there's another side to the coin, so let's yeah. we'll do that. Thank you, Richard. Anybody else with public comment? Okay. Moving on. Um, let's see. I guess next is the airport manager's report. Anyway, Scott. All right. So well, I know we've got a lengthy agenda tonight, Clancy, and I will try to keep this short and just okay. kind of hit some of the highlights. So I've posted this report as part of the agenda package and some updates since our last meeting on May 17th. Um, I can, well, one of the big highlights since our last meeting was a couple of the conferences that I've attended. I was able to attend the AAAE annual conference in Denver uh, this year for the first time, and that was just an amazing opportunity for me as airport manager to interact with aviation professionals from around the country at that conference. It's kind of the premier management conference held each year by AAAE. Um, but not only that, just the number of uh, vendors uh, was amazing at that conference. The exhibition hall there in Denver was filled with over 200 companies that service uh, airports. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was just a great opportunity to talk with uh, and meet with uh, vendors during that conference. We also held the KAA conference in June up in Atchison, and I attended along with Tiffany Hall and Clancy and Greg Gardner from our board, as well as uh, Kyle Gontritz with city staff. And I helped uh, pretty much organize the agenda for that conference, and I think it was... Uh well received yes. and uh, we were able to interact with a lot of uh, FAA Central Region staff that uh, made presentations at that conference and were there for a good hunk of it but just the rest of the uh, presentations I think uh, during that conference including a, a panel on women in aviation that uh, Sherry was present at uh, was just a, a great opportunity uh, for all of us at uh, in Atchison and the timing of the conference this year with the opening of the Amelia Earhart Museum was uh, spectacular and I would highly recommend to anyone that hasn't been up there to Atchison to, to check that museum out because it's a world-class facility in a, in a tiny mm -hmm. little town like Atchison. Um, let's see I also mentioned in that section that we have the upcoming four states conference which is held annually in downtown Kansas City Kansas and I also uh, will be present at that I think Kyle's going to attend again and Carrie Gooch and Greg Gardner uh, from the board plan to attend that conference so we'll have more to report back on that one at our next meeting. Just a couple more highlights and we'll get back to our regular agenda. We've been talking about repairing the fuel farm uh, for uh, over a year now. Uh, that finally happened in June. We got the pumps replaced. Um, some new brackets were installed uh, just a couple weeks ago um, to mount them a little bit better. And here recently we've started uh, work on uh, repainting the fuel tanks. Another highlight uh, 
for me and really the airport is I was able to present uh, about the airport to the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors at the June 28th meeting. And that's just was just a great opportunity to talk about the airport to our community leaders. And I had a lot of uh, great questions uh, that came from that, this, uh, that presentation. And I've continued to follow up with some of their uh, board members on airport related issues since that time. Uh, the KIP grants that we've been uh, reporting on, I think at our last May meeting that uh, we were uh, really successful in obtaining uh, six grants this year and the total amount of $1.4 million. We've progressed with one of them already and that's the runway feasibility uh, study that was on the June 6th uh, City Commission meeting for uh, authorizing the city manager to enter into a contract with Garver uh, to complete that study and we've got an update on that later on the agenda. But at the August 8th uh, City Commission meeting we'll have the rest of these grants on that agenda to authorize the city manager to, to execute those. So that's that's just a great step forward in uh, a lot of important projects going on at the airport. Several of them are already in the, the pipeline in terms of the city's uh, CIP and um, budget uh, for not only this year, but next year and the coming years as well. And I've got some of that data that's also posted to the agenda tonight. A couple other highlights I continue to be a part of a couple key uh, working groups uh, from AAAE, the General Aviation uh, Subcommittee and the Emerging Aviation Technology Subcommittee. Both of those groups meet on a monthly basis and I posted some of their agendas uh, to the materials tonight. So those really are helpful to me to keep me up to date with what's going on nationally in terms of uh, airport issues. I mentioned at our last meeting that uh, the Kansas Division of Aviation created a airport uh, joint airport task force. Not a lot has happened since our last meeting, so I don't really have any updates uh, to provide you tonight on that particular task force. One update that I do want to share with the board, and I passed out a flyer tonight for the Fly Kansas Air Tour. At our last meeting, you uh, directed staff to apply for a, a stop on this year's event, and I did so. But, but, but uh, a couple weeks later, after I applied, it became pretty evident that uh, the uh, airport terminal project was not going to get kicked off uh, like I thought it was in, in kind of early May. Instead, we issued a notice to proceed on July. July 5th. So that was kind of behind schedule. Um, you know, the primary bathrooms at the airport are in the terminal. So I um, withdrew our application uh, for that pit stop on this year's air tour, just knowing that uh, it really wasn't going to work out this year for us. But that does give us an opportunity to, to be at host in the future. And I did uh, pass out the flyer tonight that everyone can share for where the tour is going to be this year. That also impacted our work with the United Way. Uh, we were talking about having an open house at the airport at the end of September, thinking that the terminal renovations uh, were going to be done by then. The T-Hanger taxi lane project would be done by then. Um, again, with the, the late start to the terminal project uh, and the T-Hanger project, we got an update on, <coughs> on our agenda. That wasn't going to be optimal timing either. And so we'll talk more about that in a second in terms of maybe sometime next spring uh, we can have an open house. 
Um, at our Atchison conference, the uh, KDOT uh, secretary, as well as Bob Brock of uh, KDOT Aviation, mentioned this new Build Kansas Fund that provides some local match support uh, for entities in the state of Kansas that's trying to take advantage of this uh, bill legislation. Um, so I'm going to participate in a webinar uh, coming up in August on that program. And, um, you know, you, even though I mentioned you know, we, we were awarded $1.4 million uh, in KIP grants. All of these come with matching funds. I mean, the city still has to either come up with a 5 or 10% match for these awards. And, um, you know, that that's so far hasn't been a challenge with the city's budget. The, the city does support the airport uh, with general funds to provide our, our matches for our FAA grants and our KAA IP grants, uh, but the general fund is being uh, stretched right now. And uh, this may be a good opportunity to have another source of funding for uh, local uh, matches for our projects. I did post some information as to where the city stands in terms of the airport budget and uh, CIP projects on uh, the coming 2024 budget and the 2024 to 28 uh, CIP uh, list, and so those are posted there. Staff has recently met with KU when we learned that KU was trying to get fiber to the uh, University of Kansas hangar. Um, fiber currently runs along Highway 2440, and this would be a good opportunity to expand fiber access to the airport. So we're currently uh, in talks with them uh, to see if we can uh, get some strands of fiber uh, with that uh, KU project, at least out to the uh, Lifestar hangar that the city owns. Uh, finally, uh, the, the item that uh, Richard Haig talked about, the city did give notice in May of this year uh, that it was going to uh, begin renegotiations of the FBO agreement, and that was pursuant to the terms of that agreement. That's really been the only uh, correspondence we've had with Hetrick uh, on that issue. Uh, we just provided them the appropriate 180-day uh, notice. That's been the only correspondence we've had with Hetrick. We've got an initial meeting, as Richard uh, said, in August 17th. Um, we have hired a company called the Aviation Management Consulting Group to provide some recommendations as to how to institute best practices uh, with um, the existing FBO agreement. Uh, and I've got that report, and I'll be sharing it with uh, Hetrick staff when we meet here in a couple weeks. Um, the city did not initiate uh, an eviction proceeding against uh, Eurotech. That is uh, something that um, actually Hetrick initiated against Eurotech. Eurotech. Uh, and there's ongoing litigation between those two parties in Douglas County District Court that the city had nothing to do uh, with. Um, so that, that's really all I have to report on that. Okay. All right. Uh, next agenda item, the, let's see. I guess, Scott, it's you and the report on the airport terminal renovation. Yeah, let me get back to our agenda. I've kind of lost that document. Sorry about that. It's all right. Pull up the agenda real quick and get to it. It's 
Um, like I said, the, the terminal uh, renovation project did get kicked off uh, at the beginning of July. Uh, the, you know, uh, I think most of you may have been out to the airport and seen the work underway. It's kind of exterior groundwork that's uh, taking place right now in terms of the improvements to uh, the parking lot and um, reconstruction of uh, the ADA accessible parking and addressing the uh, drainage issues that were on the east side of the airport. We've had uh, weekly update meetings. This has been taking place on Wednesdays. We just had one today. Lloyd was present and um, CMT staff uh, along with uh, First management staff have weekly kind of construction updates. I know um, one update that I didn't provide in uh, the materials posted for tonight was that uh, Andy Bodine, who we've been working with as mm -hmm. our project manager uh, with CNT, resigned uh, earlier this summer. And so the current team with CMT is Wade Compton, one of their engineers, and Tyler Horn, uh, as well as uh, the architect that we've been working with on that project. I uh, don't, let me see if uh, Wade 20, is. It's page 23 on the agenda stuff. Yeah, I know Wade Compton from CMT might have been on the call earlier. He might have had to jump off. Uh, I know Kyle is here. I don't know if you've got any further updates on that project, Kyle, for us. Uh, like you said, we did the parking lot and some of the exterior work and sidewalks over the last uh, two or three weeks and we'll start on the interior here in another another week so all right so. thanks Kyle Uh, one of the documents I posted was kind of the, oh, yeah. what engineers call a Gantt chart for the whole project. And so, as Kyle suggested, uh, the interior work will start. The timing of the exterior parking lot improvements, those will wrap up here at the end of the month. So that's kind of working out well with our T-Hanger taxi lane project because um, a lot of the Eurotech employees uh, will need to uh, probably park in the long-term parking, but that, that will be done here uh, shortly. So uh, the timing of that is working out pretty nicely. Okay, uh, the airport schedule, Scott, Seven fourteen twenty three airport schedule. Yeah, I think um, those were just, uh, I mean, that's that document right okay. here. Um, Is that part of the construction update? Yes, that, okay. those are just some of the weekly uh, progress meetings okay. uh, that we've had on the terminal project. Um, right. So I posted some of those uh, weekly agenda items. Okay. Yep. All right, I'm ready to hear about the T hangar taxi lane project. Boy, oh yeah, boy. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Brent, Brett Holt from Garver is still on the call. Brett, are you, are you still there? Yep, I'm still here. Great. Um, yeah, if you want to go ahead and give us an update on the T hangar project, let me see if I can get uh, a document pulled up as well. Okay, yeah, so um, with this one, it's been a, been a slow process with the FAA. We opened bids back on um, way back on March 28th and then they finally got the grant agreements over to the city um, middle of July and we had our uh, pre-construction meeting with Sunflower Paving back on July 19th to discuss the project and, and the, their schedule with that. Um, we're anticipating that that notice to proceed. I think there's a few loose ends to tie up but they should be able to get going on that here in the next couple of weeks. 
um, with milling, taxi lane, B and C to start out with. And then fortunately, the construction portion of this project will move a lot faster than all the FAA paperwork. So um, once I get started, we'll have about 35 days of actual construction and then an additional two days to come in and put in the, uh, the final pavement markings after they've got their appropriate cure time and everything. So they got 37 calendar days for that one total. When do they break ground, sorry? When do they break ground, Scott? Uh, Brent, uh, Brent, did you hear the, the question on uh, when are we gonna get started on that project? And yeah, Kyle may have a better idea. Uh, I, I think it was initially going to be oh, looking at Monday. Um, I think there's one more document they need to get signed. And then when we last spoke to them, they'll be ready to go once that um, notice of proceed is issued. So I would probably anticipate um, them getting started somewhere around the 14th. Great. Yeah, I know I've got the contracts in my office, uh, Doug. <laughs> I've got one more amendment that we're waiting to get signed, and then our engineer will issue a notice to proceed. Uh, our plan is to certainly push out that information to all the uh, airport tenants as to the thing we've talked about at our last meeting in terms of if you need to access your airplane, how will you do that while construction is, is taking place, and we'll get that information pushed out to uh, our tenants. In, in terms of working with Lloyd, working with Sunflower Paving, our, our contractor will, on that project, but they do have a, it's a, a pretty tight calendar window. Count, uh, Kyle, is it, uh, I forget where we ended up, is it 37 days total? Yes, yep, that's what they're at. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Pretty tight construction window. Yeah. Anything else? Go ahead, Kyle, any other updates? Yeah, I think there's two phases of 20 days each, and they overlap by about three days, so that's the 37 days. Okay. May I make a suggestion? Yes, sir. I, I think it's a good idea to let people know that their airplanes uh, will be blocked off uh, as soon as possible and when that's going to happen, because it sounds like it's Monday, right? They said the 14th. Oh, the 14th. Yeah. A week from Monday. That okay, still. Yeah. People need to know when they're not going to have access to their planes. Well, Kyle and, and uh, Brett can best I explain that. It's not our intent to not give you access to your airplanes, Doug. It's a mill and overlay project, so if you need access to your airplanes, we're going to push out that information as sure. to how you get access to your airplane. I understand that. My airplane in particular has wheel pants with about that much clearance, and I'm not going to be able to get over a three-inch drop. My airplane is going to be in the hangar until they finish the repaving. Gotcha. So, yeah, I'll be happy to push that information out tomorrow okay. in terms of, hey, we're getting ready to, to start construction if you uh, have, have some concerns about that. Great. Yeah. yeah, I will do that, Doug. Thank you. Doug, talk to me after the meeting. I may be able to help. Okay. 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 Um, uh, comment on that. Just We don't have a solid date yet. We have a, a rough estimate of when that will start based on the I think we have one of the grant agreements of the two completed so we need one more grant agreement and then this final contract signature which 
we estimate will take a week and then you know it uh it should begin pretty quickly after that but that that's our estimate of when it will start so so when when it starts when we have that notice to proceed is typically when we would uh, or when we know when that is is when we would notify uh the hangar uh, tenants so you'll be able to give them some notice we'll be able to give them an exact date yeah okay but you'll be able to give them a week or two's notice is that correct yeah scott, well scott will do that tomorrow to give yeah. them a heads up well meaning they don't have a head, that heads ahead up. of when it's actually going to start right okay yeah i'll plan to push out information tomorrow in terms of hey we, th we think this project is going to start here in the next few weeks but once we have a detailed uh s schedule uh, i'll push that information out as well uh, like kyle said i'm still waiting on one more uh, agreement from faa grant agreement this is a very complex funding project we have four different grants on this project that we're managing uh, in addition to to city funds um, and one contract amendment uh, to get signed yet so uh, we we don't have the date yet okay um, that covered the pre-construction agenda right okay I guess next is the um, update from Garver on the runway uh, feasibility update yeah so I briefly mentioned that in the airport managers report we had that contract with Garver on a uh, June 6 City Commission agenda that resulted in a uh, story by Chad Lawhorn and then the Lawrence Journal World a couple weeks later when she saw that that um, wondered kind of what was going on at the airport and so I think that was uh, a nice story that he ran on that project and uh, uh, that project is underway let me pull up at least one document and then if uh, Brett from Garver wants to kind of update us as to where we stand on that, I'll turn it back to Brett. Yeah, so John Rossus with Garver, he's our, our planner that's kind of leading the, the charge on this one. Um, him and I had the initial site visit and kickoff meeting um, back on June 13th and kind of did an inventory and everything. And then they, they began work on what we call working paper one um, that really consists of that high level in inventory of existing airport assets um, and then the magnitude of future airside facilities that would be required to accommodate um, air aircraft like the Boeing 717 and 737. Um, and then looking at the potential um, requirements for um, that the airport would need to meet um, in order to allow these aircraft to, to operate there. Um, you know, looking at things like existing pavement section, geometry, and see how that fits into the FAA advisory circulars. Um, that initial draft of working paper one has been completed and it's currently in a, a QC, an internal QC review. Um, and then once that's completed, it'll be sent over to the city for review. And then working paper number two, um, that'll get going after we get comments back from, from the city and the advisory board on the initial working paper. And that's where we really start to dive into the different alternatives, um, looking at different pavement options for the runway to get the required strength. Um, same with the taxiway, kind of the apron area and, and what would be required for, for additional parking positions, um, things like that. That's a, That second working paper will really be the, getting into what needs to be done to get those aircraft in there. Thank you, Brett. Uh, okay. Does anybody have questions for questions? Brett? Anybody? Okay. Um, Lloyd, I guess you're up. 
<coughs> Lloyd Hetrick with the FBO. I, I don't know that I got a whole lot to share with you. Uh, we are still down to have the Comanche fly in. They uh, called me a couple weeks ago to update me, said it's they'll be flying in on the 16th, which is a Wednesday. They're now anticipating, they're, they're looking to be 20, 25 aircraft. Um, initially, I guess they've got a hotel over at the racetrack initially that they were going to host and do all of their uh, conference and stuff there, but he, he did say that they moved to a Lawrence uh, hotel didn't tell me which one so that's great i mean that's what we really want when we post something like this is to be an economic money here in town versus kansas city so sounds like they'll be doing something locally and then they'll come out to the airport uh, i believe on saturday just do some of their general uh looking over everybody's airplanes type of thing then i think the sunday is a um, air show at new century he said they would you know, haul everybody over and do that. And then on Monday, I think they may do actually some flying at the airport, some flight construction and stuff, and then they'd be all. So they're late. staying at our airport doing all these activities. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Of course, the lobby and all that's not going to be functioning. So we're going to open up our, our community hangar, or our, our new hangar, and give them space to do some classroom stuff on, I believe, that Monday. But other than that, I think they'll try to use the hotel convention center area for what they're doing so oh yeah 15 anywhere from 15 to 25 aircraft sounds like so okay thanks Lloyd you bet just have one question is there anything that yeah well the community can do to help make their presentation better or well now that they're going to be coming to town let me let me reach out to the gentleman putting it on and see what he he did mention that he's still trying to find uh, some sort of a van that could bust them all over to New Century, but I, I don't know if that also could be used to run them back and forth from the hotel, too, so. Kind of depends on where the hotel is, too. Yeah, I'm not not sure which one, yeah. Uh -huh. But I can reach out to him and see if there's anything that uh, maybe the chamber or, or this committee Yeah, exactly, can, let, us, let, let us know, because yeah. I know that we have a committee that's devoted to that kind of thing, so. Sure. They were previously at the Avalon. Yeah. I'm exhibiting there, and I didn't know they changed locations, so that's Well, I don't know if they changed everything. They may still be doing stuff there, but he did say they, they contracted with a local hotel to use some of the facilities over here. So I don't know how much of it it is or anything. Okay. Yeah. What, would you yeah. what would you suggest, Lloyd, that they might need? Do they need hospitality or something in that? Well, probably one of the biggest challenges without having the terminal building, I don't know how much we can do from an airport function other than offering up the hangar. But um, let me let me reach out to the gentleman yeah. that's hosting it, see what he needs, see how what Because yeah, we got a couple of weeks, we could probably gin yeah. up something. Yeah, two weeks from Wednesday, <laughs> so. See if they've connected to our Convention and Visitors Bureau, Explore Lawrence, Kim and Spa and their team. Okay. And, I'm, and once again, I'm happy to help liaison with that, if that's helpful. Sure. Tiffany's our, our guru. I know that. It's hospitality. Great. Yeah. So, okay. Happy to help. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Good. Lloyd. Thanks, Tiffany. Okay, um, let's see. So we'll pull up your um, yeah. CIP committee report yeah. here, Clancy. Okie doke. Um, I just want to do basically the top lines on this this report. We met July 19th at my house. It was 
let's see, Tiffany, Greg, me, Kyle Gontowitz, the engineer, and um, Scott on uh, trying to establish some general, um, oh, I guess, vision and guidelines about how to sort of approach the new master plan. And basically what we came up with was let's look at everything that's on the old master plan. We've only really achieved three major projects since the 2012 master plan. And we need to keep looking at what we need to maintain as we go along too. Then the main priority is still and remains even after all these years, taxiway delta extension to the approach end of runway 19. That was the number one priority for zero to five years in 2012. It is now what I consider to be the number one priority right now for even the next master plan. And if we could do it the day after tomorrow, I think it would be a wonderful idea. <laughs> so. Yeah, I only see one challenge with that. <laughs> if they do rehab 1533 to handle bigger aircraft, that will change all of that at the same time. So. Yes. If something goes through positive that way, maybe that can all be included on one big project. I am hoping that with the feasibility studies about runway extensions and weights of aircraft that are going to be coming with the new master plan, that many of these items will be taken into consideration. And I'm sure that they will. But that that is the number one safety issue at the airport as far as i'm concerned aside from potholes on the taxi lanes but um, that needs to be added in in addition to or needs to be focused on in addition i think we need to start some medium term looking at firefighting capability at the airport even if it means making an agreement with the what the township is about getting a fire station that we can all agree on on the north side of Lawrence and that can function with the airport. Um, the, the construction of between one and three 10 unit T hangers, how long is the list now, Scott? 30 at least, right? I just took another call today. I, I probably get calls <laughs> almost on a daily basis of somebody looking for a T hanger and I've got, uh, well, Sherry wanted to be added to the list, and I told I told uh, uh, Sarah that they were probably number 35 or so. Yeah. Well, t a 10-unit T-hanger is going to bring the city about $40,000 in revenue a year. I don't know what it costs to build one, but it's a whole lot more than $40,000. But nonetheless, that is if if they if you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be better to try to find a way to do that. I don't know if how that could be financed, but there we are. And then appropriate, on top of that, appropriate snow removal equipment need is needed. We need an, a maintenance shed for the equipment that we have for mowing and so forth. And then all of that's tied into the feasibility study for the lengthening of the runways and the, the, the how heavy duty the taxiways and runways have to be. So other things that need to be looked at as, as just down the road are, do we want more FBOs and how do we, and, and if we do, apparently that is a good idea to, according to um, a lot of studies. We need self-servicing fuel. What other businesses can we attract to the airport? Any light manufacturing or aviation related stuff? Um, 
What about down the road if we have electric airplanes? We're going to need a significant electrical upgrade to start charging those aircraft. Um, the fiber optic system Scott addressed earlier, that may already be in the works. And I know there's been some discussion about like the Hallmark solar panel installation that's up, I think it's what, northwest of the airport. A lot of ma major airports already have solar on the field. Is this something that the city should be looking into to, to handle maybe cutting down on utility bills or something? What would be, I know that, uh, that the return is not that rapid, but on the other hand, you know, it might help assuage that and it would certainly help with the carbon footprint problem. Um, some other non-master plan items that we did look at, it's always about priorities with this committee. Um, we've discussed repeatedly an emergency management exercise, and I think that's being looked into. Um, explore and evaluate whether we ought to have an airport authority down the road sometime, and I don't know if that's correct or true, but it certainly sounds like it would be a good idea. And then the one thing that I would really like when I get back from a trip, I'd like to have a porta potty at the end of the tea hangers. So that's, that's the report. <laughs> Questions, problems, comments? <laughs> Rhoda is clapping her hands. <laughs> okay. Uh, We've already talked about the boards and commissions. I think you have an action item on that. Um, oh, I do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, do I have a motion to um, put that or to accept this report? And the reason I did it is just in case they get rid of us as a committee, we would at least have something on the record to give to Scott. So. I would like I would, I would like to entertain a motion and a second to uh, accept the report. So a motion that we accept the okay. report. I'll, I'll second it. Then. Okay, Jim and Greg, all in favor? Tiffany. She's nodding. Yes. Aye. 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 Oh, motion carries. Okay. All right. We already discussed item number two. Let's see if I can get back to the gym. Okay. Marketing and Events Subcommittee does not have a report, I'm sure, but if you guys would like to enlist something that would be, let's see, Chris, Jim, and Tiffany. I know you haven't met, but it sounds to me like you may have a little job ahead of you uh, with the Comanche Society. And then the other thing I wanted to suggest, Scott mentioned it, is um, a terminal opening project. And you think, Scott had mentioned springtime, we look, we're looking at a completion date for the terminal, what, late October, Scott? Right. So I think you guys, the only thing I'm going to say about that is if you guys want to get together and start working on something, I think it would be appropriate. Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. Here we go. Comments? Yes, no, and you don't want to do it? As far as having a committee meeting for the... Well, I think you guys ought to establish a time for that. I don't, I don't... Happy to do that. Okay. Yeah. Tiffany will get together with you too. Yeah. Okay. Now that I'm on the other side of that event, I'm, uh, I'm in. Pardon? Now that I'm on the other side of Oshkosh, I'm in. Okay. Jim says no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> okay. It is now time for elections. 
Um, we need to elect chair, and I will entertain um, nominations. I nominate Clancy to chair. Do I have a second? I second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 I'd like to nominate. Tiffany? Did you say aye? I hear another nomination. Okay. Oh, I, I was going to nominate Chris as the new vice chair. Okay, now that I'm the chair for the next time, we're ready for the vice chair nomination. Who's going to do it? Greg. Greg is going to nominate? Chris. Chris Coleman is vice chair. Do I have a second? I second. Jim Laster seconds. All in favor? Aye. Aye. It's unanimous. <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> it seems like it happened so fast. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but we're doing it. Ask me in six months. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't say that before. Yeah. Uh, for the year. Okay, uh, the next Aviation Advisory Board is November 1st, and if there's no further business. Oh, what, can, I, uh, can, I, can I make a little comment about further business? Some business. Greg, with the hazard comment, go. Okay, thank you. Uh, Hallmark is planning to build a solar um, place, and I got together with Rich. We looked, overlaid, and it will not impact the final approach from any direction for the pilots. So we said, you'll be good, and if you need somebody to come and testify in that case, let me know. I don't think there's going to be any, from the literature that I've read, even having it on airport isn't a problem. Yeah, it's only if it's going to reflect into the eyes of pilots on the final approach yeah. that it's an issue. And we, we looked at that, and it's not. Okay. And then the other is I, I asked um, emergency management about a, an exercise, and um, their feedback was they want to get together with folks at the airport that have the plan from before. Um, I, I guess the exercise was about seven years ago or something like that. And so they want to get together with uh, the people with the plan and go over that. And then from there, you can set whether you have an exercise or not, whether it's a tabletop or a full scale or a functional. Greg, will you, will you take that as a board item for the next meeting so that we can follow up on that? Yes, and I'll get with Rich. Okay, I was going to okay. say, as, as far as getting together with them, uh, do you know if they're going to apply for another grant to well, study they, it? Or? Yes, and it would probably be an, a hazardous material grant so that because that's where the, they get funding for exercises so it will have to be creative like it was last time where the airplane ran into a... A tank uh, wagon of uh, stuff for a uh, crop right. duster. Right. Oh, exactly. God. Pesticide or herbicide. So, so it's got to be but, fertilizer. But you can be, yeah, was, I think it was pesticide. <laughs> you can be creative in order to get, but, but the most important part is getting an aircraft uh, accident exercise that involves everybody, police and fire and all the other folks. So. Well, I think the other aspect of it is that the airport could be a focus if we do have a natural disaster also. I mean, this, oh. the, the exercise that we did the last time included about every different um, agency that you could think of, from right. Burt Nash to KU to LMH, um, radio Asmat, yeah. Highway Patrol, Sheriff, Police, yeah. Fire. I mean, it was it really, at the beginning of the exercise, there were 56 agencies doing it. The live exercise, that was on the 
the uh, tabletop exercise. On the live exercise, it, it got divided because there were two exercises the same day. It with live actors, you know, you had people made up to, to look deceased, people made up to look injured, and so everybody could have their role from communications and getting families and press interviews and things. So this is so, something that could take us a year to get the money together to do it or maybe longer. Well, the grant money was all applied through uh, emergency, emergency management. management. Okay. And That's then you know there were four or five huge meetings for them down at, at the... Uh, okay at the command center. So, I mean, it's it's something that is, is definitely worthwhile, comes back with some good feedback. And when you guys get ready to, to plan for that, I can be available to, okay. to walk through. You have Jillian, if she's still there, Jillian yes. was a big part of that when we did it the last time. I know a lot of the, the fire captains, fire chief have, have since left. Oh yeah, department. we've gone through two since. Uh, yeah, so yeah. But we can do most of that. Okay, Richard, thank you very much. See, you're not off the hook yet. <laughs> I just wanted to add to that. I would highly recommend that. That was a stellar exercise. There, there were so many, so many people involved in it. And um, again, the Aviation Advisory Board. This, this took more than one person. So um, this, this was a really good um, community-wide um, program that I would highly advise getting on that and yeah. doing it again. Just as a sidelight, I think that this ought to be a regular exercise and not something we do every seven or ten. Yeah. The funding for it is huge. Yeah, it is. Uh -huh. it, was, it was a lot. It yeah. was, uh, Terry Smith was director of emergency mm -hmm. management then, and Terry and I worked on it for probably four, five, six months to get the scenario worked up, then get it approved, and then do that. So it's yeah. kind of like FAA funding. Right. It depends on what they have out there. Live exercises and getting procedures in place is huge for them. Do you still have all the data that you worked up? Okay. And some of the things that came of that is the buildings actually got. Um, the, the rescue um, oh, the addresses on all could those. actually get addresses and put in their GPS so who knows where those buildings are. Right. Which that needs to be updated too because like Stuba Research is one of the deals that yeah. you say, tell them I'm at Stuba Research at the Lawrence Airport, the dispatcher can bring that up. Mm -hmm. If you tell them you're at Eurotech at the Lawrence Airport, that may not come up because that was long enough ago. So even without an exercise, it wouldn't hurt for us to coordinate and have emergency management. Just even fire and rescue come out or sure. come out and make sure everything's up to date. Sure. When we did that exercise, we did not have a wildlife fence. So right. Okay. Thank you. That's all good information. Now we just need to get to work, Greg. <laughs> just let me, let me okay. We can get together. Okay. I know what his expertise is, so there you go. Okay. If there is nothing further. The next meeting scheduled is November 1st, and um, if anybody needs any of the documentation, just let me know, and I can certainly provide it. And it's available on the city website, too. So do I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Greg, second? I'll second. Chris. That was Chris. Chris, okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 We are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Now, how, how would one person that owned an airplane at, at